Welcome to the Creekwood Church Podcast. We want you to know that Creekwood Church is open and you're invited to join us in person or online this weekend. More information about services and in-person safety precautions is available at creekwoodchurch.com. We hope this message inspires and encourages your faith. Enjoy. I want to get into our teaching today. We are in the second weekend now on the series called It's Time. Everybody say it's time. Now, I want you to turn to your neighbor. Make sure they came with you. Make sure they're a part of your family. No, don't say this to a stranger, please. Uh, tell them it's time. You need to do it with a little bit of attitude. Like, I know you got something going on in your head, and you're like, it's time. It is time. And uh, we're loving this series, and we, we, we really felt strongly that, that we wanted to start this new year, 2021, really looking at what is, it, what is it in our life that it's time for us to do. You know, every year, I know we spend January, I, I, I don't know if you do this, but I do this, and a lot of, I know a lot of people that the beginning of the year is a great time to start off new things, and, and you have resolutions, goals, you want to see, you know, lose weight, save money, pay off, get out of debt, all those things are great, and I think they're wonderful to do. But I think it's a sad thing if we limit in our life, year after year, we come through a a beginning of a year, and we make this about a self-improvement program. I believe that God has so much more for our lives. We talked last weekend about that God has blessings for our life. God wants to bless us. And one of the greatest things that we can do in our life is understand that it's time for us to understand that and for us to believe for the blessings that God has for us in our life. And today I want to talk about another area that I believe that is probably way more important as much. it, It is important for you to lose weight, but it's way more important than that. It's way more important than you saving money, whatever your resolutions are. And this is We're going to talk today about it's time to hear God speak into our lives. It's time for us to hear God speak into our lives. Do you know that God wants to speak to you? We we serve a God that is a speaking God. God wants us to hear his voice. Do you know that when we pray and we, we give our requests, it's not just about a one-sided thing that we just kind of tell God all that's going on in our life and we kind of give him a little bit of, like we're griping about this and that and we're just, and that's just what it is and, and we never stop to think about that maybe possibly God wants to speak into our life. See, one of the, the, the characteristics of God that you, when you think of God, automatically you can think of God is, is, is about holiness. God is about grace. He's about love. But God is also about speaking. Throughout the Bible, you see that it was a normal part that God loves to speak to us. God wants to speak into your life. This is why it's so dangerous When you make this about just religion, when you make this about a a spiritual ritual, this has never been about religion. It's never been about a spiritual ritual. It's about a relationship with a God that wants to speak into your life. So the question is not, does God speak? The question is, why am I not listening? 
Why am I not hearing God speak into my life? I want to look at the story of Samuel. Samuel is is, uh, one of my my favorite guys in the the Bible. He was a teenager when God really began to move in his life. And I want us to look at his life. And if you want to turn in your Bibles to 1 Samuel, kind of head over there, wait for us. We'll be there sooner or later, I promise you. But if you want to, if you don't know where 1 Samuel is, go to the front of your Bible. It'll tell you what page to go to and you'll be able to find it. It's really super easy. But go to 1 Samuel, wait for us there. Uh, Again, God wants to speak to you. you. And I I want you to to understand that, that one of the, it is a fundamental truth that all of us need to understand that God Want to speak to us. Why is that important for us to say that? See, if we don't believe that, we're never going to hear the voice of God. I first have to believe that he wants to speak into my life. And Samuel, I, I love his story. It, start, it starts before he was ever born. Uh, his mom was an amazing lady, uh, was Hannah. She couldn't have kids. Just to kind of give you a little bit of a background, they couldn't have kids. And she's like crying out to God. The Bible tells us she was praying so hard with so much passion that actually the prophet thought she was drunk, that she had been drinking. You know, that that's somebody that really is serious about their prayer request. Like if you Come on 20, for the 21 days of prayer, or you look at the app, maybe you're doing it at home or you're here, go on there and look at the prayer requests. They're not, God, give me a puppy, and even though it's great to pray that. They're not just the, you know, they're serious prayer requests. They're, they're life and death situations. There are marriages that are hanging from a balance, and, and, and you, there comes a moment where you go, you know what? I'm desperate for God to do something in this situation. And I want you to to get that deep inside of your heart, that a fundamental truth of your life, a driving force is that God wants to speak into your life. And she prays and God answers her prayer and and gives her a son. And she makes this promise to God, Samuel is yours. He's going to serve you. And, And he goes and he serves and he's in the temple. And the Bible says, it says in 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 1, the boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. One night, Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. Now, I want you to notice something that says in his usual place. But the story opens up actually with a problem. The problem is God's not talking to his people. And any time that you look and you begin to study in God's word, that there is an absence of God's word in our lives, that it ought to tell us that something's wrong. The Lord, again, wants to speak to us. And one of the things, again, go look, God continually speaks. There's over 300 different times it says God spoke, God speaks. God, God wants to speak to us. A great example of this is King Saul King Saul understood that God wanted to speak to him. And this is an example of this on the side of Samuel. In 1 Samuel 14, it says, So Saul asked God, Shall I go down and pursue the Philistines? He's asking God for wisdom. 
Will you give them into Israel's hands? But God did not answer him that day. Saul therefore said, come here, all you who are leaders of the army, and let us find out what sin has been committed. So Saul understood that God is not talking. There's something wrong. You read this later on in chapter 28. It says, and when Saul inquired of the Lord, the Lord did not answer him either by dreams or by Urim or by prophets. So nobody, again, when it comes to Saul and the people there, they were not hearing the voice of God and he knew that there was something wrong. Another example is Amos 8, 11. It says, the days are coming, declares the sovereign Lord, when I will send a famine through the land, not a famine of food or a thirst for water, but a famine of hearing the words of the Lord. When God's not talking, when God's not speaking, when, when you can't hear the voice of God, there, there ought to be something inside of you that says something's up. Now, let me just say this to you. Jesus Christ paid the price for our sins. We live under grace. God has forgiven our sins. So the fact that you may not be hearing God's voice is not because maybe you, you say, well, man, 10 years ago, I've given my life to Christ, but I know it's because 10 years ago I did some really bad stuff. Listen, you are forgiven. God's forgiven you. It's the grace of God that covers us. So we're not kind of going around, well, I told somebody stupid, so that's maybe God doesn't want to talk to me now. And well, God, God's a little, he's not in a good mood right now. How many of you kids ever asked your parents, students, you're like, mom, dad, are you in a good mood? Because you know, your, your parents can get moody. They get, get mad, bad moods and you don't want to talk to them. And a lot of us think that's the way God works. God wants to speak to us, but it does enlighten us and shows us a side that, that maybe there are things in our life that are that are keeping us from hearing God's voice, from being available to God. Could it be maybe that we're living in a time right now that we have so much noise around us that we can't hear God's voice? There's so much chaos. There, there is so many things going on in our life. And, and again, uh, I like being busy. I like doing things. But we can't forget that God wants to speak to us. And God never intended for you and I to live our life based on our own knowledge. God never intended for you and I to live our life based on our own knowledge. He intended for us to live our life based on his voice in our life. Are you hearing God's voice is my question today. See, I believe it's time in your life. This is a moment like no other that we need to hear the voice of God in our lives. We're living in a moment that it is more confusing than ever. And what we need is, is to be able to say, I, I know God is speaking. Listen, I'm not talking about it. I, I, honestly, I've been in the ministry over 30 years. I've never had an audible voice of God. So, kind of relaxed. But God wants to speak to you. But a lot of us, again, we're just kind of going our, our own way, whatever we feel like, whatever we do. That's how our life is. And, you know, during the Christmas break, uh, my wife and I had a couple days that we wanted to, 
to go do something. And, and um, how many of you have ever seen the show Hometown? Like, it's, we got a picture. Like, Ben and Aaron are awesome. Like, I used to love Chip and Joanne, and I've met them. I got a picture. You know, y'all have heard me tell the story. We stalked them, my wife and I. But these guys are awesome. And my wife and I were just like, we were talking, and we're like, let's go to Laurel and find them. Now, that's eight hours away. I've had two back, just to kind of a little disclaimer, I've had two back surgeries, a billion back injections, rhizotomy. I'm a back expert. Eight hours in a car is not a good idea. But we are going to go to Laurel. And we're going to go find them. And we, we're talking like this. We're going to bed, kind of, should we go, should we not? We woke up 3.30 in the morning. We're in the car. We're heading to Laurel. We have not confirmed any, any kind of reservations, nothing. We are going to drive straight there. We're going to, we got there. We ate some amazing food. It was like, oh, my word, y'all. I was in heaven. It was so good. But we're looking for, for them. And we're, we're walking around, and we, again, we haven't confirmed anything, no, no reservations, anything. We're like, and I'm like telling my wife, I said, we better kind of go look for a place to stay. And we're like, I'm like, babe, I'm not, I can't drive like 16 hours in one day. You won't have a husband. It will be another creature that will not be an, a husband. I was like, I'm like, my back can't take it. And, and, but we did go to the store and we found them, got a picture with them. We, it was, they're amazing people. We love them so much right there. <laughs> We wanted to get a full shot. They were so friendly to us. We loved them. We, got, we stood there. We had the lady in the store take our picture, and, and you can really see right there. We were blocking them. But we're, we're okay. We did, I went to this wood shop, all this stuff. If you watch the show, you know all about all that. We couldn't find them. But we're, then we're like, hey, where, where are we going to stay? And so we, we went around. We actually went to a bed and breakfast, knocked on the door. It said that we're completely booked. And the guy kind of laughed at us. And he said, y'all don't have reservations? I'm like, no, sir. We just kind of floated down here. We can. I came down here looking for them. And, and like, we're here for hometown. And like, he was like looking at us like we're crazy. And, and then somebody, we're in a store. And they said, why don't y'all go to Hattiesburg? Maybe in Hattiesburg, there is a, a place y'all can stay, and we're kind of honored. We leave starting to drive, and I called Sandy. Sandy, uh, I know her Sandy Kirby, but it's Matt Stump, Pastor Matt Stump's wife, Sandy. I've known her since she was a little kid. I called her, and I said, hey, what should we do? We're talking, and we're kind of, she's like, why don't y'all go to Destin? Seagrove is awesome, and we're like, I'm like, babe, that's another four hours drive, and I've already driven this far. So we're kind of like, well, let's just go. To, I'm like trying to, I said, let's go to Mobile. And she's, Sandy is, is looking online, trying to find us a place to stay. And she's like, everything is booked. She's been on vacation rental by owner. Everything is booked. And we get to Mobile and we couldn't find a place to stay. So what, what do good Christians do? We went and ate. <laughs> we went out, Ralph and Kaku sit, sit out there on the water and ate. And then we got back in the car and like, Sandy is still working her magic, and we're driving. We're like, we're going to Destin. We get into Destin. We have no reservations. It's pitch black. We couldn't see the ocean. We get in this, this I'm trying to be nice, this awful room. 
There was a hole in the bed that was so deep you couldn't get out. It, 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 it was nasty. And the guy's like, now, I want you all to know, y'all can stay there tonight, but tomorrow night it's booked. So we couldn't even stay there if we want. I'm like, I'm not staying here if you paid me to stay here. I'm not staying there. We got up. The next morning, it was dark. We're up at 5 in the morning. My wife looks at me and says, there's no place to stay. We need to go home. So we got back in the car, and we drove all the way back to Mansfield from Destin. And we never saw the ocean. (laughs) Destin is one of the number one beaches in the nation. But we went with no confirmation. We didn't, we didn't, again, we had nothing, no confirmation of anything. And we went all the way down there. And again, it was kind of halfway fun. We had some good times. But we never experienced, I never got to see the ocean. And I was thinking about this, that a lot of us, this is how we operate in our life. We're kind of having a good time. We're kind of going, well, I feel like doing this, and I think I ought to do this, and why don't we go over here, and let's go do this, and you think we ought to sell our house, let's sell our house. You think we ought to start a business? You think we ought to go get a Lexus? You think I ought to go get a new truck, finance it, do a smart buy for 20 years, it's a good buy? You think I ought to do that? And we do all of those crazy things, and I'm telling you, we never get to see the ocean. As long as you're not willing to listen to what God wants for you in your life and God wants to speak into your life, you're never going to see the ocean of life. And I'm here to tell you it's time for you to break down and say, I'm being robbed by the enemy in my life by not listening to what God wants to say in my life. I'm being robbed of the life that God wants me to have. Students, listen to me. The greatest thing, I don't care if you're 14. Listen, Samuel was a teenager, and I'm going to show you he listened. He learned to listen to God. I know, listen, I I know like I look like an old guy up here talking, and you're like, oh, whatever. That wasn't funny, but somebody's laughing. I'm I'm not that old. I'm 54. Come on, y'all. But you look, (laughs) you look at, if you're a student, listen to me, and I'm so burdened for our students. The greatest thing you can do is, is, is listen to God's voice. I wouldn't go to college without praying about where I go, need to go to college. Forget this, like, oh, listen, you ought to go get scholarships and stuff. You ought to try to do all of that. But number one on your list ought to be, I prayed about it, and I know God's given me peace. Because listen to me, there's a good chance when, wherever you go to college, you're going to meet your wife. And trust me, you want God involved in, your, in the person you're going to marry. But I want to show you this because, again, um, it's really an interesting story. And um, verse, let's, let's get, get back here. I want to read some of this story and kind of talk about this with you. And 1 Samuel chapter 3, 1, it says, In those days the word of the Lord was rare. There were not many visions. One night Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. And I want to just say this. It's, it's interesting to me. You look at what the ESV version, it, it talks about the fact that this, um, it was his own place. There was a place that he was comfortable in, and, and it, it tells us that he was going physically blind, but he was also spiritually blind. Go read the story. His sons were so far from God, they were doing very evil things in the temple, and he didn't do anything about it. 
And I believe that a lot of us are not just, we're not physically blind, we're spiritually blind. And he, Eli is in a place that he's just going to his, his usual place, his own place. It's the place he knows he's comfortable. And a lot of us, this is what we're doing. We're showing up on a weekend to church and it's, it's our usual place. You kind of sit in the same place and there's nothing wrong with that. But you're kind of going through the motions. You're hearing some worship. You're hearing pastor talk and, and maybe hopefully make you laugh a little bit. And you're kind of like, let's go, you know, I don't know where you go to eat, chachas, wherever. But that's it. And it's, 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 it's just you, you, it's the usual thing we do. And you're not seeing the ocean. Because you're not realizing that it's time for me to, to listen to the voice of God. Do you know that when you open your mouth and you sing to God, that there is a God that wants to speak to you? God, help us to recognize that we are not singing in an empty room right now. That we are not sitting in an empty room with just a bunch of people that we hope they don't have COVID. <laughs> Maybe not a good joke right now. But we're in a room and God's presence is here and God wants to speak to you. And you have to be careful that you don't just get to the place that you are like, I just want to go get like Eli. He's, the Bible says, no, God's not speaking to him because he's just kind of going through the routine. He's, he's kind of comfortable. He's, this is my usual spot. This is the place I go to. And I just kind of am there. And I think our faith becomes the same thing. Verse three, the lamp of God had not yet gone out and Samuel was lying on, in the house of the Lord where the ark of God was. Samuel is laying where the ark, in the house of God. He's laying, he's laying in the house of God and, and he's near the ark of, of God, the presence of God. He is laying at the doorway and he's like, God, I am hungry for you to speak to me. God, if you are going to move or, or speak, you're going to have to step over me because, God, I want this so bad. Do you know that? Why, am I, why do I have energy about this? Because listen to me, there's an enemy that is trying to put us to sleep. And it's time we woke up and recognized that our God wants to speak into our lives. And you're going to have to bow up and get angry and say, I will not allow my life be dictated and driven by the... the the energy the enemy wants to give me, I want the voice of God. So that means 21 days of prayer, I'm seeking God. That means that the first 15 minutes of my day, I'm seeking God. Do you know that it's possible to be near God's presence physically, like be at church and be around spiritual people and yet be a million miles spiritually from God? Again, he's, he's laying and it's just, it's amazing to see this, that he's laying there in the presence of God. And verse four, it says, in the Lord called Samuel, Samuel here answered, here am I. And he ran to Eli and said, here am I, you called me. But Eli said, I did not call you, go back and lie down. So he went and laid back down. And again, the Lord called Samuel and Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, here I am, you called me. My son, Eli, said, I did not call you. Go back and lie down. Now, notice this. I love this. It says, now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, yet he was hungry. 
He's this teenager that is hungry for God. And it says, the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. A third time, the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, here I am. You called me. Then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, go lie down. And if he calls you, say, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his presence, in his place. The place that he was at was at, in the temple in the, near the ark of the Lord. The Lord came and stood there, and I wonder what that must have been like. God just standing there, calling him as the other time, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel said, speak for your servant is listening. And the Lord said to Samuel, see, I'm about to do something in Israel that will make the ears of everyone who hears about it tingle. I didn't know God used the word tingle. I thought about calling this sermon tingle time, but I didn't think it would be cool. But here's God telling Samuel what he's, gonna, what he's getting ready to do. How powerful is that? Psalms 25, 14 says God's friendship is for God worshipers. They are the ones he confides in. God... God wants to speak to us. And if you want to take some notes, you want to write this down today. Number one, again, um, how do we hear God? You need to position yourself close to God. Position yourself close to God. He, again, he is laying near the house. Of the, he's in the house of the Lord. He is near the ark of the Lord. He is, he is positioning himself. Do you know that, that you being here today in church, you are communicating to God, I'm available for you to speak to me. I'm positioning myself. I am, I am, I want to be close to you. I, I, I am going to move out every bit of interruptions, things that are, that are in my life. Uh, I am going to fight to be close to you. It, do you know that it's a fight? You have to fight for it. To say, because every single day there are going to be things that are going to be trying to pull you away from being close to God. Number two, find a place of regular service to God. 1 Samuel 3, 1 says the boy was serving God under Eli's direction. He's serving God. I, I think it's really interesting to me that, that while he's serving, that's when God speaks to him. Do you know that, that it's also interesting to me that he's not the one bringing the sacrifice to the temple. He's not the one. He's, he's working in the temple, but other people are coming in making sacrifices. Do you realize that you don't have to be the one bringing the sacrifice? Your service is a sacrifice. When you are, are and, and again, Samuel's probably, you know, he's washing the clothes. He's, he's sweeping the floors. He's probably working in the parking lot because everybody's donkeys parked everywhere out there. He's just serving. And, and the Bible says he's not heard the... God's voice yet, but in the middle of, of him serving is when God speaks to him. Do you know, listen to me, I'm gonna, I know I sound like this is going to be, I love you enough to tell you the truth. If you're not serving, it tells me you're not listening to God. Because God has a purpose and a plan for your life. And God will speak to you. 
God wants you to make a difference. God, God did not create you just to, to have an existence and live on the planet. God wants to speak to you. One of the greatest ways that he speaks to us, it's in the midst of us serving. Some of the most spiritual people in church are not the people that are sitting around talking about spiritual things. They're the people that are serving God. They're doing the things of God. Aren't you glad you came to church today? You're like, Pastor John, he's like, getting on to us. I'm not getting on to you. I love you. There ought to be, it ought to be a part of your life. God speaks to you. Do, do you know that, that for some of you, uh, um, again, I, I think of even Pastor Brad. Pastor Brad, when God really began to work in his life is when he began to serve as a life group leader with my wife in Houston, Texas. And I, I want to ask you this. One of the greatest opportunities for God to use you is to lead a life group. I know we, we live in a world that we all want to be consumers. And we're a consumeristic culture that we are like, just feed me, feed me, feed me. I want to go deeper. Somebody make, somebody help me get, go deeper. And there comes a moment where we have to kind of step over the line and say, it's time for me to trust God that he can speak to me and I can lead a life group. And do you know that sometimes all it takes is for you to say, God, I'll be obedient to you. You bless me with this house. You bless me with what I have. And God, I'm going to open my home up and, and, and however it is. You don't have to be a Bible scholar. We've had people that lead a life group that at the beginning didn't even know how to. Like they were like, I'm so uncomfortable praying in front of people. And God's works in such a powerful way in their life. You, you need it. And listen to me. I can't tell you enough. And life groups. Listen, there, there's something that God does in this room when we sit up in rows, but when we gather in circles and we get together and you're, you, you do life with people and when you're the person that is saying, God, you use me to reach out to people that are hurting, I want to lead a life group. Listen, that is a place that you are setting yourself up to say, God, I'm available for you to start talking to me. Listen for God's voice. You know, sometimes, again, uh, we have to listen. You have to lean in. You know, one of the saddest things about this story is that Eli is in bed. Eli is in bed, and, and, and he's, he's laying down, and he's asleep. Samuel comes running in, and he says, did you call me? And he says, no, I didn't call you. You need to go back. He comes back three times, and finally Eli recognizes that something's up. God's speaking. God is, God's voice. They've not heard God's voice, but God now is speaking. And so Eli is getting up, and he's like, now, Samuel, listen to me. God wants to speak to you. God speaks, and he st starts telling them he's an expert on prayer. He's an expert on hearing God. He tells him all that, and the saddest part of the story is that he lays back down and goes back to sleep. And I think that a lot of us, we're experts when it comes to spiritual things. We're, we can tell people all day long, God wants to speak to you. Hey, oh, you're going through something? God wants to speak to you. And then we're, we're just kind of going back to sleep. And I, I just want to tell you, it's time for us to wake up and get up. I think it's so sad that he didn't get up. The Bible says they'd not heard the voice of God. God is speaking, and he doesn't get up out of bed. And he says, Samuel, 
you need to do this. You just go tell God, just begin to speak to me. But he goes back to bed. I want to ask our, our, our musicians to come down to the front. And we're going to have this song that has been in my heart for a long time this year. And uh, even coming into the end of the year. And it's called Available. And Charla's going to be uh, singing this song in just a few moments. But I, I want you to stay focused here as, as they're getting ready and listen to me. Um, he's, Eli's not willing to get out of bed. No wonder nobody's having any visions. No wonder nobody's hearing anything. Number four, when God calls, respond eagerly. I, I love the fact that you look in verse four. It says um, that when, when God called Samuel, and underline in, this, in your Bible, if you underline in your Bible, Samuel answered, here I am. And in verse 5, it says, and he ran to Eli and said, here I am, you called me. He ran. He was so passionate about this, he ran. And I'm praying, listen, I'm praying, whatever your age, whether you're a student, whether you're an you're a old guy like me, that all of us would realize and recognize that it is time for us when God, God wants to speak to us. That is something that we need to be eager about, that we need to say, I will do whatever I got to do to arrange my schedule to hear God. I'm going to respond. Number five, when God speaks, obey him. Do you know that one of the quickest ways to turn God's voice off is to ignore it when God speaks? It's selective obedience. You know, I had a decision to make when I was in Houston, Texas, when God kept speaking to me and saying, I want you to go start a church. I can't even begin to tell you the fear and, and the anxiety that was in my heart. But I remember saying one thing. I want to hear, I want to hear God call me to the city that he wants me to go. People were telling me, you need to go to Wimberley. You need to go to Bulverde. Bernie's a great place. I was, I mean, everywhere. I drove to those places and nothing happened. But when I would drive through Mansfield, I would feel the voice of God so strong. I'm telling you, God wants you to see the ocean. And it's time for you to say, God, I'm available. Would you speak into my life? God, would you speak to me about my business? Would you speak to me about what I need to do? Would you tell me, listen, don't you dare get married. Don't you dare get engaged without talking to God. If you're a teenager here and you're at Mansfield High School, I don't care what school you're in. You ought to be talking to God. You ought to say, God, would you, would you, would you show me what you, would you speak to me? I dare you to do that and see what God begins to speak to you. The last one is, is probably my favorite. It's read and study God's word. And I thought about this last night. How can I expect God's unrevealed word of God to speak into my life if I don't care about his revealed word to me? You want a fresh word from God, go buy you a new Bible. That was funny. Two people laughed. You aren't, listen, if, if, if you don't care about God's word, 
And you're not, you get up in the morning and you're not saying, God, you get the first 15 of my life of my morning, I'm going to read your word for five minutes. I'm going to pray. If you don't care about God's word, what makes you think that you're communicating to God that you really want to hear his voice? God wants to speak to you and you have to begin to get to a place. Again, this all starts with saying it's time for me to make myself available to God. It's time for me to fall on my knees, to to lift my hands to God and say, God, I'm available. My life is a mess. I've been going all over places. I've been doing all kinds of crazy stuff in my life. My life has been chaos. I want to hear your clear voice. Would you listen to these words today? Thanks for listening to the Creekwood Church Podcast. Are you new to Creekwood? If so, we're glad you're here. For more information about our church and how to take your next step, please visit the Connect page on our Creekwood Church app.